0: Uh, it's to me, it's to, it's to all of us, and it's, uh, it's Uzziah Became Strong is the title of it, 2 uh, Chronicles 26. I gleaned some of this, and a lot of it's my heart as well, and so 2 uh, Chronicles 26, but before I hit that, let me go to 1 Corinthians 10, and let me read 1 uh, Corinthians 10. Because Paul spoke to the, to, to the Corinthians and uh, to the Corinthian believers. And he shared something about Old Testament believers. He shared something about their behavior. And uh, he said that it was a warning to us in this generation. And that we should take it seriously. And here's what he said. Moreover, brethren, I do not want... This is Hebrews, uh, or 1 Corinthians 10... Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food that we all drink or drank and the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, but with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And now these things became our examples. Okay? This is written. He's telling us some problems of believers in the Old Testament and some actions and attitudes and problems and behaviors that are going on. And he said, this is for you. This is for you, far off New Testament believers. These are written for you for." Our examples unto the ends of the earth, he says. So, so uh, what? What verse was on? But most of them did not feel to please. Their bodies were scattered throughout the wilderness. Now, these things became our examples uh, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, and do not become idolaters. So he's starting to tell us some of the problems they had, as so were some of them, as it were written. The people sat down to eat, they drank, they rose up to play. Nor let them commit sexual immorality, as some. Some of them did, and in one day twenty-three thousand fell, nor let them tempt Christ as some of, of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all of these things happened to them as examples and were written for our admonition upon the ends of the age. He's telling us some attitudes and behaviors and problems in some Old Testament believers. And he's warning New Testament believers that we are to learn from these examples. Amen? Amen. Yes. Amen. And, and, and so 2 Chronicles 26, if you've got your Bibles, turn there. And I'm going to read the whole chapter. Not really looking for impressiveness of sermon today. Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah who was 16 years old and made him a king instead of his father, Amaziah. He built Elath and restored it to Judah. After the king rested with his fathers, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoiah of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Notice that. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his fathers Amaziah had done. And he sought God. He sought God. Listen, in the early days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Now he went out and made war against the. And here's how God helped him to prosper. This is, the, this is what began to happen as a young king, 16 years old. And we're going to hear, I'm going I'm to contrast uh, this king, and I'm going to contrast America, and I'm going to contrast you and me. Okay? And the reason I'm shaking things up is because we come in here, we get our routines, we get our things. I had a member tell me, don't apologize, like I apologize. I was so tired last week. I was apologizing. I'm tired again today, but I'm not apologizing today. I know what God has spoken to my heart. And God made him prosper. Now he went out and made war against the Philistines. This is how God began to make this man prosper. He began to go out and make war against the Philistines. He broke down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jabna and the wall of Ashdod. And he built cities around Ashdod and among the Philistines. In other words, these enemies of God, this man had the power now to go in and destroy And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians who lived in Ger and Baal and against the Mennonites. Also the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. His fame spread everywhere, like America. Like I'm going to show you you when you became a Christian. His fame spread everywhere. People knew that something had changed in your life. Your your sons and your daughters saw a different person. The people on the job saw. Not not talk about your fame, like you know some of you are. You you know we think uh, we're we're famous, but I'm I'm talking about your the fame of a changed life and that God was empowering and doing something in this life. Amen? Amen. And his fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. Here's where the problem comes in in a minute and Uzziah built towers that that God's making him strong but wait a minute and Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem in the corner gate and the valley gate and at the corner buttress of the wall, he, he, God gave him the ability on the, even the corners how to, how to defend themselves and how to put things to, 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 to ward off the enemy and fight against the enemy. He had such wisdom like Solomon and other people in the Bible that God gives them, like America, like us, like when we came to God and God all of a sudden gave us wisdom to get out of problems and out of situations and out of circumstances and how to build and how to do and how to build our lives straight on a straight path now, amen? Also he built towers in the desert and he dug many wells for he had much livestock. God started increasing this man's livestock both in the lowlands and in the plains. And he also had farm farmers and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel. And he loved the soil. The man loved the... the, the, the Like like early America, agrarian America. The, the, loved the soil and God blessed the soil and God blessed the farmland and God blessed uh, this, uh, the, the ability of this nation like no other nation on the face of the earth moreover Uzziah had an army of fighting men and went out to make war by companies according to the number of their role and prepared by Jael the scribe and Messiah of the officer under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The total number of chiefs, officers, and the mighty men of valor was 2,600 and under their authority was an army of 307,500 and that they made war with mighty powers to help the king against the enemy and then Uzziah prepared for them. For the entire army, shields and spears and helmets and body armor and bows and slings to cast stones and he made devices in Jerusalem invented by skillful men come on like the stealth bomber of his day he made things that nobody else had and no other army had because he had the ability and the power from God to do these things just like the mighty might of the United States of America that God had raised up with with things so powerful that no other nation could stand against the might and the power of this nation until now so his fame spread far and wide for he he was marvelously helped until everybody say until, until. he became strong he was mightily helped until he became strong it's called pride But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering. Here's what he did. He got so cocky. He got so lifted up in pride that he went into the temple of the Lord and worshiped God and changed the commands of God and the ways of God and the thinking of God. And he went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of the incense. So Azariah the priest went in after him. And with him were 80 priests. 80 valiant people stood up against this man because he was sinning against God and coming into the house of God and worshiping God in that kind of state thinking God was going to bless him. And 80 priests had the gall to stand up against the man. But guess what he did? He got angry. Because he's unteachable. And he doesn't want to be spoken into his life. Valiant men. Dear God, raise up valiant men and women of God again in the pulpits of America and around the world and in our families and in our homes and in our churches to stand up against the Uzziahs. But guess what happened? He withstood the king. I mean, and they they withstood the king and said unto him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. You can't do this and serve God. But for the priests and the sons of Aaron who consecrated to burn incense, Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You sin. You shall have no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah became furious. Just like people do today. When you confront sin. They became furious. We'll leave there. We'll find another church. We'll go somewhere else. Who are you to speak to me that way? And he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry, and I'm not angry at you right now. I'm angry at the whole world. I'm angry at myself. I'm angry at the condition of mankind right now. And while he was angry with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead. He was diseased in his mind. That's what happens, folks. He was diseased in his mind. Leprosy broke out on his forehead and before the priest in the house of the Lord besides the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him. And there on on his forehead he was leprous, so they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out because the Lord had struck him. And King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. And he dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper." For he was cut off from the house of the Lord. Then Jotham his son was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. What a sad, sad ending to a great man. What a sad state of affairs. And this is a particular time in history here, as we read, and the people of Israel... This is a young king, 16 years of age, as we said in verse 1, named Uzziah. He reigned for 52 years, it says in verse 3, "...and under his reign Israel rose to unprecedented place of prosperity." Power recognition, and they were known throughout most of the world and the Bible says that he did right in the eyes of the go- of God he sought God in the days of Zechariah who had an understanding of the visions of God and if you think about it for a moment that you'll you'll realize the parallel to America and its history and the church here and even the government here to some effect that the minute that the majority of the people in this nation at one time when I was growing up and when my dad just especially, in his dad was growing up, especially in this nation, that most of the people in this nation had a biblical worldview at one time. Most of the people in this nation could be reasoned with according to that book right there. And they could have their behaviors changed and brought into line with the Word of God when you brought the Word of God before them. And that was the history of this nation, just like Uzziah, his history. And that's what I want us to learn from today and look at today, is that we want to look at the history of how God God, uh, how 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 if we go into the scriptures because that's what we said. These are examples. What is the history of what God, how God deals with people when they go off course and how we deal with God? That's what we want to see here because that's what we're seeing with this man right here, and we we see that all these things were taking place. That Uzziah, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. And many of us here can relate to that because I came to God in 1994. And when I began to seek the Lord, I know that woman right there can tell you that our lives changed for the better. That God began to prosper our lives. That God began to bless our lives. That that before there were things we were bound with. There were things that we struggled with. There were things that were difficult. There were all kinds of things in our lives that we couldn't fix and problems we couldn't solve. And all of a sudden when God, we began to seek the Lord, God began to prosper us just like He began to prosper Uzziah. And I believe you could say that that as well about your life when you came to God you sought him you sought the living God and he made you prosper he changed your character he changed your heart you started to care for people you didn't care about before you started to love people you didn't love before God started breaking strongholds and loosening bondages in your life he began to prosper you just like a nation that sought Him, He began to prosper the founders of this nation. He began to prosper our forefathers. He began to prosper the people in this, in this nation. Uzziah, America. And I began to prosper. But I can't imagine if in 1994 I had not sought the Lord. i tell you where we would have been. We would have been in divorce court. My life would have been maybe an alcoholic or a drug addict. There's no telling where I would be today. There's no telling where you would be today if you had not sought the Lord and He began to help you and make you prosper. There's no telling where America would be as a nation had we not sought the Lord and went the path that we chose to make at that point in time in our new beginning. Amen? Can you imagine a time of not seeking Him, but you sought Him and He made you to prosper? And just like Uzziah, you'd said Uzziah built the Bible city, established garrisons in places of his former enemies. In other words, he went in, conquered a nation, and was able to establish military bases in that nation. We could do that before the problem we just had in in Afghanistan. Do you understand? We went into nations, had the power to conquer our enemies, and set up a a base right inside that nation that they had no power to kick us out of. So that we could keep them from coming over here and invading our country. Do you understand what God did for this nation? Do you understand just like Uzziah, he gave us the power, he gave us the ability. Well, he didn't just do that for Uzziah and for the nation, he did that for you. He did that in your life when you began to seek him and He, you began to prosper. He gave you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all power of the enemy, amen? He gave you power to conquer your enemies in your life. He gave me the power to conquer pornography. He gave me the power to go into the enemy's camp and to say, no more devil, no more. God's given me victory. God's given me power in this place now. We conquered enemy nations. Established military garrisons. Uzziah conquered those that would have risen up and caused heartache in the nation and God did that for America he did that for you individually in your life he, he 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 those those things that were coming against our minds and our souls he gave us power he gave us a bulwark that's a defensive wall to put up against those things so that they couldn't attack our minds anymore and cause us to go crazy. They couldn't attack us anymore so that they wouldn't dominate our lives or dominate our nation. We saw God do this. Usiah saw God do this. And by the power and grace of God, they no longer control us. We control them. Amen? Verse 16 says, Uzziah's fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, and he became exceedingly strong. He became so strong. And and, and and just like us, like I was saying, that that once we have God in our lives, that, that even our children may say, man, my dad or my mom is a woman or a man of God, or our co-workers say, you know, that, that Brad Lindsay or that Caleb Lindsay or that Russell, uh, you know, they're, they're not like us, they're Christians, you know, that the, the fame began to go out and spread abroad about them and about who they were and whose God they were and what God was doing in their life and what God had done that christ is in us the hope of glory amen Amen. and he was able to fortify cities that god allowed him to build he dug wells he had much livestock he had he, he had farmers he had vine dressers all the way up into the mountains he loved the soil and if you look at america's history you see that america my goodness folks i've been around the world i've been to other countries let me tell you something nobody lives like this nation lives no, no, you, you you look nobody lives like this nation lives. No, they're dying to have one meal a day and you get three meals a day. We're trying to decide where we're going to go eat our $50 meal after we get out of here. No, we got people around the world. I'm talking about they don't have supplies to even think about eating or drinking or or, uh, they have to walk miles to a well. But God did that for us because we sought Him and God prospered us and God blessed this nation and He continued to bless this nation as we took that wealth around the world and we built wells and we helped people and we took this book and spread it around the world. Amen? And we spread food around the world and we protected people around the world. And God filled us individually, our cupboards and our homes with more supplies than we could even imagine. We had to build bigger barns. How many storage units are there on every corner? We build a new one every day in our city and we pack more junk inside of those things. Because our garages are full and our bedrooms are full and our houses are full. And I'm not putting that down. I'm just saying it came from the hand of God. There was no shortage of basket. You go talk to the guys from Moldova. Talk to them about the first time they came to America. And you talk about them going into a, 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 a store. And you talk about them looking at all the things on those shelves that you get to look at. And you get to decide which one you want to buy or how many of them you want to buy. And you talk about a nation that did not seek God. And they did not prosper. And they were under the strong hand of the enemy. And they had no power over that enemy. And their bread lines were long. And they were few. And there was not much in them. And America became the envy of the world. Uzziah became the envy of the world. He spread his fame everywhere. He had cattle. He had bread. He had herds. He had livestock. He had farmers. And he had workers. At one time. And everything that he touched his hand to, just like America, prospered. It was a time in this nation we could do nothing wrong. It seemed. It seemed there was nothing we could do wrong. Everything we seemed to do, we put our hands to. If we want to go to the moon, we did it. If we need something to to, to defeat communism and world domination, we'll have an atomic bomb that God will give us. Nothing this nation couldn't do. We need jobs. We need the economy. We go through a civil war and God says, I'll help you get through because you humbled yourself and you prayed. You went through a depression, I'll help your economy get built back because you sought me. And I'll allow you to prosper. Your heart's not lifted up. You haven't become strong in yourself. And that's why people are climbing over walls. Well, there's not any walls there. That's why they're coming into our borders left and right. Because at one time, this was a land of freedom. But even more so than that, it was a land of provision. Provision. You would be trying to come here too if you had nothing, and you had a land where there was all sorts of provision that you heard about. You would be scrounging to try to get yourself over that wall to get into this place as well. He had an army of fighting men, three hundred and seven, five hundred uh, or so uh, thousand. They made war, and they were mighty to help the king against the enemy. And God gave us an incredible army, navy, air force, marines, coast guard. He gave us one of the best militaries on the face of the earth to pr- protect liberty and freedom and what he had given us in this nation. And God gave us the ability to fight wars. And he did this for you individually. He gave you power to tread on serpents and, sc- serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing shall be any means harm you anymore, Brad. All all those sins and all that wickedness and all those things coming against your life I give you power over them all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me and in my name I give you that power as well His presence was at my disposal in 1994. God's presence came into my life. God's presence came into that woman's life. God's power came into my life. God's promises became ours and they became real. That we would stand on and that we would lay hold of when we went through troubled times. That we would lay hold of God's word and we would say God will get us through this. And every time he never failed us. And he's given us great victories. And he's marvelously helped Uzziah and America and us until he became strong. Until he became strong. And as there has been a turning in Uzziah and a turning in America... There's a turning in many of us. And I spent yesterday in my bedroom crying out to God over my turning. His heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed, the Bible says in verse 16, against the Lord by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. And let me tell you what he actually did. And please hear me. This is why we changed the order of the service because they didn't want your minds religiously coming here and here and doing what you always do. There's Daniel coming up to give the thing. I can tune him out and look at my phone. I can check this until we do this. And then the ones that like uh, singing can be uh, attentive or the ones who don't cannot. And then, you know, we can go through our little routine. But no, I, I wanted you to be attentive. I wanted you to wonder what's going on. And I wanted you to listen to the message today. Amen. Not saying that you don't listen to the message every week, because I know you do. But I'm just saying, he, and so, so his heart was his heart was lifted up, and and what that really means is he became so used to the victory, he became so used to the blessing, he became so used to the provision that he fell to the Adamic nature. He fell to the indwelling power of sin that was sown in his heart of the humanity in the Garden of Eden to be as God. He became his own judge of what is right and what is wrong and what is good and what is evil. And we seem to have done that now too. Because we pick what parts of that Bible that we want to obey and then the other parts... And I'm talking to all of us, and starting with this guy. When our flesh recoils at it and we don't like it, we make some end around. Just like the Jews did with the law. We make some end around it while we don't have to obey that one. And he went in in that state and he worshiped God. And he became used to it. He became his own judge. I know better than you do, God. I know better than you do about slander. I know better than you do about haughtiness. I know better than you do about backbiting. I know better than you do about forgiveness and unforgiveness. I know better than you do about sexual immorality and the definition of marriage. I know better than you, God. And that's what he did. He began to say, it's sold to the human nature Again, And he began to decide, I know what's right and wrong. I know what's good and evil. Rather than we come to God and we conform to Him and His Word. And we say, you know what? That's what my flesh bends to. And because he was so used to victory, that's what began to happen. And he went into the house of God. And it somehow got into his head that he would change the laws of God without consequence. That I can change God's law and God's word, and there won't be any kind of consequence to it. I can blast stuff on Facebook, and there won't be any consequence to it. I can talk about my brother or my sister or the pastor, and there won't be any consequences to it. Talk about the the music minister, and there won't be any consequences to it. I can talk about the person's family who just died and there won't be any consequences to it. I can change the laws of God and God doesn't care. He understands because I'm his pet. We can be jealous. Never seen so much jealousy in the house of God. Never seen so much jealousy. Never. Never seen so much jealousy. Backbiting hate. The scripture tells us there were 80 valiant men that went up and resisted him. 80 valiant men who finally decided to, And it ain't just in the church. It's in your families. It's everywhere now. It's like a bomb has gone off. It's like a bomb has gone off. I've never seen so much hatred. But I, I don't care about the world's hatred. I, I'm, I'm concerned about mine and the body of Christ. I'm concerned about my heart. And I'm concerned about this church or whoever I have under my flock for as long as I have them under my flock. May not be any left next week. Eighty valiant men resisted him. And he went in and said, Uzziah, it is not for you to be doing this. This is not the, what the Word of God says to you, Desi- Uzziah. You've deviated from the Word of God. You brought another spirit into the house of God. You brought the rebellion of the human heart and you are not worshiping according to the prescribed mandate. And that's what we have in churches all across the world today. People coming in with the human heart, worshiping God the way that they prescribe for themselves. And Uzziah became furious that somebody would challenge him in this place, and that's what we seem to have today. That when you come and challenge anybody today, oh, they got the walls, baby. You're not of God. You're of the devil. You know, no, nobody can speak to you, to you because you're fortified. You're ready. You're unteachable. You don't want anybody to change you. You don't want anybody to speak into our lives. You you know, I don't want anybody to speak. I'm talking to me. I've been self-examining my own heart. Okay? This ain't just you. If any message ever comes back, unless you think I'm preaching at you, this message is being preached to this preacher. And Uzziah became furious at being challenged. And when he became furious at being challenged, leprosy broke out on his forehead. In other words, he was diseased in his mind. And some of us are so diseased now in our mind, it began to manifest itself outward. We're so diseased that you can now sin and think that you're still blessed by God. No, you can can choose somebody a new one and be so mean-spirited, but you thank God and then come in here, oh, holy, holy, holy. I never see Jesus being that mean-spirited. I never see Jesus treating anybody, not the religious, not the town drunk, the way we're treating each other in this nation now. And the way we're treating each other in our families now. Never, never see my master and Lord doing some of the things that have come out of this heart. Some of the words that have come out of my mouth. And I apologize to each one of you. Because I'm sure at some time in 22 years, I've spoken ill against you and I apologize. I'm sure at some point in my life, I have gone home griping and murmuring and complaining. And I apologize to you. With all of my heart, I apologize to you. These things don't belong in the presence of God. They don't belong in the presence of God. And when it came out, it tells us that Scripture tells us that leprosy appeared on his forehead. And he thought that he could dictate to God. He thought that he could bring something into the house of God that didn't belong there, which now comes down to you and me we live in a generation of i haven't even said it so far that is so vile against the ways of god that paul said because the iniquity of abound will abound so much in the last days that the love of many will wax cold they will love god but they will not love the work of god which is the redemption of the lost It is the redemption of the lost. It is the redemption of mankind. It is the redemption of the wicked. It is the redemption of that Democrat you don't like. It is the redemption of that Republican you don't like. It is the redemption of that Muslim you don't like. It is the redemption of that Buddhist you don't like. Yes they're serving the wrong God. Yes they're on the path to hell. But you could pray or take the Word of God to them and stop them because we love them like God loves them. We can't hate people and still worship God. We can't hate people and still worship God. We're ambassadors of a dying Savior, risen Savior who went to a cross. And He demonstrated what we are to do. The Bible says that those that he went to that cross and nails, had nails in his wrist from a Roman, had nails in his feet, had, na- had, had, had spear thrust in his side, had friends who were afar off, and that one was denying him and cursing an oath that he even knew the man. And he loved him. And he had another one who said he was the one who loved him the most, who's leaning on his breast, Joe. And went in the garden when he really needed him. Where was he? Gone. The religious leaders are mocking, wagging their heads, their tongues, cursing him, said, If you're the son of God, Show us you are. Come down from that cross and save yourselves and save others. Mockery is going on everywhere. Roman soldiers, that's not enough. Roman soldiers, his own creation is down there gambling over his robe with their greed. And when he's drawing his last breath, he said, Oh, Father, I hate these people. He said, oh, Father, oh, Father, forgive every one of them. They know not what they do. How dare you? How dare me? Oh, Father, I hate these people. I hope they burn in hell. Look what they're doing to me. Look what they're doing to my family. You didn't hear what they said about me. You can see what she did to me. I'll never forgive her. That pastor hurt me 20 years ago. Curse the day I ever trust another pastor. It's me and Jesus. I don't need anybody. I don't need the body of Christ. Pooey on y'all. That's us, man. Defy to tell me that's not a, a lot of this world and a lot of Christianity, and it ain't of the Bible, Father, forgive them. And we're passing it down to our sons and daughters because they hear us in the car railing about each other. They hear us griping and complaining and murmuring, and they picked up the same spirit, and I hear it coming out of their little mouths as well. And it's on you, mom and dad, granddaddy, grandmama, pastor, Brad. It's on us. He drew his last breath and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And now we are the body of Christ. No, you are his body. No, you are the body of the Savior, the Nazarene, the risen Lord. We're connected. We're we're his hands, his eyes, his feet. And Paul said, You want to fight against your own body? Is the eye gonna fight against the, 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 the foot? Try that. It's not so it's not very good. You begin to get the body, reject each other and fight against each other, you're gonna die. You're gonna perish. Paul said, We're the body. We're the body. We are connected to the head, which is Christ. He gives the orders. He tells us what to do. He's told us in His Word. Now, why aren't we doing it? If you do it, you'll prosper. Why are you filtering your feelings through God's Word and changing His Word when you need to filter God's Word through your feelings and change them? Good grief. Put that on your little stupid little Twitter things that they put on everybody nowadays. That's a good quote I just made up. And we as the body, his spirit dwells in us. Or, all, or if you are part of the body, his spirit dwells in you, which should have spiritual fruit, which is love, patience, peace, kindness, gentleness, which I don't see much of. Forgiveness. Love. Joy. Amen? Yes. Not prejudice, bitterness, anger. Hate, malice, strife, jealousy, enmity. Paul said those are works of the flesh. And they don't get you to, to heaven. Following them, sowing to them doesn't make it. So do the Spirit if you want to live. We're left on this earth to continue the work of God and beware. Lest you allow bitterness into your heart and then try to make it part of a worship experience. It's easy to hate and hard to love, folks. It's easy to leave the precepts of God and bring another spirit into this house and throw our hands up to God. And then someone challenges us and we get stiff necked and rebellious and hard-hearted rather than saying, God, could that man be speaking something that my heart needs to hear? Oh, but I'm a pastor. What will they think? Oh, but I'm a Sunday school teacher. I'm a deacon. I can't bow my knee there. I'll just do it privately right here. No, you might be the really cause of revival if we'd actually see you come and repent or me come and repent. You, the Revival might actually break out because everybody else can see our hearts but our us. Because I'm sure you've all had enough to say about mine. I'm sure I've got a lot of character flaws. I wish you would come tell me so that maybe I can help my own character flaws. And the Bible says, when somebody stands to challenge, became furious as Uzziah did, and Uzziah ended up in a back room the rest of his life with somebody else speaking for him and governing for him. And I do not want to end like this man ended, where Brad, the Lord pulls me away with leprosy and sends me in some room and brings Daniel or somebody else up here and says, You're done. You can't speak for me anymore. You can't play anymore. You can't teach anymore. Because you're too strong and filled with pride. With all the knowledge, with all the material blessings we've had, with all the information that's been given to you, we need to let one thing arise out of all of it. We need to go home with this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm not saying don't push back against things that try to pervert. and, uh, And I'm not saying don't push back and try to preserve our society. But what I am saying is do it with the spirit of God. We're the people of the cross of Jesus Christ. And by the grace of God, I'll never hate another man or woman like I hated people before I came to Christ. Saul of Tarsus, come on up, praise team. Saul of Tarsus was one of the most radical, maniacal men hauling people out of their homes, torturing them, forcing them to blaspheme God. And God chose him. God chose him. God may choose people you just absolutely don't think should be chosen. And God chose Saul. And he sent a man named Ananias out of the body of Christ to go to this man. He said he'll be on Straight Street. He's been there for three days. Why don't you go over there and lay hands on brother Saul? You mean the guy who's been killing us? You mean the guy who's been murdering us, torturing us, raping our women, doing all these things? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I want you to go to him. I've got I, I've chosen him. And when I, Ananias laid hands on him and those scales came off of his eyes, and he prayed for Saul and he baptized Saul, Ananias comes out of that house and he calls him Brother Saul. This is my brother. This is my sister. And I'd like you to take a minute just to look around you. And I'd like you to look a few people in the eye. No, not the people you live with, not your own relatives. I'd like for you to look somebody else in the eye. Maybe somebody you don't ever look at in this church. Or maybe somebody you despise in this church. I want you to look around. No, not, don't look at me. I'm telling you, look around. Look around. That's your brother. That's your sister. Now I want you to look around. Some of you aren't looking. Some of you are looking at your own physical brother. You're to love this person. You're to care for them, as you care for your own body. Let me read a couple more scriptures. Matthew 5, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that, everybody say, so that. So that. You may be sons of your Father in heaven. Ouch. I say, love those are your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be a son of God. For if you love those that love you, what reward do you have? The IRS does the same. If you greet those you like, even the Gentiles do that. Heathen dogs do that. Luke 6, bless them that curse you. When's the last time you did that? Oh, you blessed them out. Because I read it. And I hear it when I walk up on little meetings and everybody gets quiet. Bless them that curse you and pray for you which despitefully use you. And that's where I'm struggling and I'm trying to get there. You know what despitefully use means? It means full of malice. It means intent, intense will. It means hateful, nasty, poisonous, and vicious. I'm just going to get real. I hope that camera's off. No, no I'll leave it. on. I don't care. That woman right there doesn't deserve some of the things she gets. That man right there does not deserve some of the things he gets. That guy back there doesn't deserve some of the things he gets. I chose this. I chose this. They didn't choose this. And to him that smites you on the cheek, offer him also the other one. And him who takes your cloak, give him also your coat. Great song, man, that used to be. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea. With glory in his bosom, that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free. His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah his truth is marching on so I want to challenge you today to choose to love and I want to ask you for the and I want us to ask God for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit because you can't love like you're supposed to on your own I want you to remember that God can save anyone what we're praying for is, God, renew a right spirit within me. Renew a right spirit within me. I could go on and on. First John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever doesn't is not. Verse 19, we love because He first loved us. Verse 20, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother... He is a liar, for he does not love his brother whom he has seen. He cannot, she cannot love God whom she has not seen. I don't know how you can get around that. I don't know how you can get around that. I I don't know how you can make a, a, a loophole around that. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother or sister. So, Father... Lord, we've heard your word today. I feel like I've delivered my soul. Lord, Uzziah, what a story of a man, a great king. Started out God prospering by seeking the Lord. You blessed him, God. You did that for this nation. You did that for... God, our homes, you did that for us individually. But at a place he became lifted up. He became prideful and he began to come into the house of the Lord in a place he was not supposed to touch and be and do. (sighs) With flesh and with the sin nature, thinking he could decide better what is right and wrong and come in and lift his hands in worship. And Father, I just pray, God, that you would help us as a church, as a people, God, to contemplate, God, these things severely, God. You know I spent a few, a little bit of time with you, God, yesterday. My heart was so burdened, God. God, you know that, Lord, in that place, there was much repentance and much going things said and done. And God, I recognize I don't have a reverent fear of you, I don't have a fear. I want the fear of the Lord to come back to me. I've become, I become so victorious. I've become so blessed that God, I no longer tremble at your word. I can, I can, I can sin. I can, I, can, I can hurt a brother. I can say something about someone and then I can come right in that door and just, just, just go right on with worship, God. I, I, I can do some things. Oh, there's a lot of things I would not dare do. Because I've made those really high on the priority list, but then there's these other things, God, that I've, that I've seemed to, to justify and okay, and then I'll come in that back door right there and just worship you, and God, I don't want to be that way anymore, God, I don't want to be that way, God, put your love in my heart, put your love, don't let there be hate, God. I think about Corey Tim Boom, God, and what I read in there, and her, her sister Betsy. Lord, Corey wanted to hate the German Guard so much that we killed her father and killed her family and had her and their torturing her in that camp. And Betsy always would tell her, No hate, Corey. No hate. No hate, Corey. We're going to get out of here and we're going to preach. We're going to preach to these people and we're going we're gonna to have a home. Abba, Abba, Father, show me we're going to have a home and we're going to love these people and we're going to help them and we're going to lead them to God. And oh God, I don't have that kind of love, God. Oh God, I'm more like Corey, God. Pour your love into my heart, dear God. Oh God, no hate, Brad. No hate. No hate. God, just let us be men and women of God. This world is vicious. The love of many is waxing so cold, so cold. God, don't let it come in these doors. Don't let it come into the people of God. How else will they know that we're your people? By the love we have one for another, God. Give me love for every person in this room, God. There's people I want to avoid when I come to church, and I don't want to be that way. I'm the pastor, for God's sake. I'm the pastor. Oh, God. Help me, God. Help this church. Help us, God. Help the world, God. Help us with our families at Thanksgiving. Help us, God. Help us, God. Renew a right spirit within me. And cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Hallelujah.